and welcome back to Gentle Man, redefining manhood in the 21st century. My name is Arjuna, I'm your host. Today I want to talk about male affection. This is quite a sensitive topic for men, particularly in the West. As men, we often grow up with the tacit understanding that we're not really allowed to touch or be affectionate with other men. I've found myself sometimes thinking about and being envious of the way that a lot of women get to be with each other. And so what I've noticed is this, a lot of women seem to feel very comfortable hugging each other, complimenting each other, saying very sweet things to each other. And maybe if they form some kind of a friendship, they'll feel comfortable even snuggling with each other or brushing each other's hair or sleeping in the same bed, doing stuff like this. And while I know that that's an oversimplification and not necessarily representative of the experience of all women, I find that in general, women in my culture tend to be more encouraged to be affectionate towards each other, and people often think nothing of it. And this is really not the case with men. Men, by and large, in the U.S. where I live feel very uncomfortable having more than just a passing contact with another man. And this is for a number of reasons that I'll get into in a moment. But first, I wanted to share an anecdote about an experience I had when I was out of the country. So a number of years ago, I went to India, spent about three weeks there, and I was on a health retreat in Kerala, which is a state in southwestern India. And I was staying in a small village in Trivandrum, which is a fairly large city in Kerala. And almost immediately after I got there, I noticed the ease with which Indian men seem to have around each other and the kind of togetherness that Indian men seem to be able to cultivate. So examples of this would be I would see Indian men hugging each other and looking very affectionately into each other's eyes. I would see them constantly walking, you know, arm in arm, arms over the shoulders, maybe touching each other's bellies or chests. I would see what I assume to be older Indian relatives lying down and kind of snuggling, I would almost say, with their younger male relatives. I would see men sitting on the back of each other's motorcycles and hugging each other around the waist. And in general, I witnessed what I read to be just a very relaxed way that men were able to be with each other, at least in that part of India. And this is something that I've observed as well in some other non-white Western cultures that I have experienced in any amount. So to a certain extent, what I'm talking about today, I believe, does not affect all men, but rather it affects a number of men from some specific cultural backgrounds, perhaps this white Western European milieu. And this makes me really sad because I believe that one of the reasons that men tend to be so lonely and the reason they can become so unhappy and sometimes even violent or destructive is that they're often cut off from a lot of what I consider to be very normal and healthy and important social interactions. And one whole category of those is, is what I would call affection. And so affection includes touch. It includes making nice or kind or sympathetic eye contact, saying nice things, having nice things said to you, and a general sense of expressing your love for and regard for somebody. And this is really something that men aren't allowed to give each other in my culture, or at least they're allowed to give it to each other in very prescribed or limited ways. And outside of that, it's generally avoided. So I'm going to spend the first part of this show exploring why that is. Of course, in my mind, the biggest elephant in the room when it comes to this lack is homophobia. 
So this is not a new topic on this podcast. I recorded an episode entitled Homophobia's Toll on Straight Men. And in this episode, I dove a little bit more into the history of homophobia and the various harmful effects that it has on men and the way they relate to each other. So that would be a great follow-up listen to this episode if you haven't already listened to that one. Homophobia is a constant force. It's this omnipresent conditioning that a lot of men are steeped in from birth. And I would argue the most harmful thing that homophobia does to men is it teaches them that they can't be affectionate to each other. It teaches men that they have to be careful about how they are around each other. And it teaches men that if they're too affectionate or if they're too loving towards each other, that they might receive repercussions up to and including death. So many men every year are killed as a result of homophobia. Whether or not they are, in fact, gay, even the threat of homophobia or the potential of being approached in a so-called gay way is enough to send some men into such a violent reaction that they'll kill somebody else. So homophobia is at the root of a lot of violence, and it's a very serious thing. So men are wise to be careful around other men because they don't necessarily know who they could trigger and when and to what degree. The tragedy of homophobia is that it often rules out even smaller and simpler and more innocent ways that men might be able to be with each other. So a simple example is just even touching another man. Maybe you're talking, you're making a point, you want to reinforce a connection, maybe you're laughing and you want to put your hand on another man's arm just to show him that you're really with him. Simple stuff like that. Even these things often get censored out of men's behaviors because they're just worried and oftentimes it's a very deep and a visceral distrust of touching each other. Maybe a lot of men don't even realize that they're doing it, or they're not aware of the things that they're not doing as a result of their homophobic fear, or at the fear of retaliation from another man who might be homophobic. So homophobia is the water that a lot of men swim in, and we get so used to its conditioning that we often forget that it's there. Now, another sometimes related but different reason that men might be afraid to touch each other and to be affectionate with each other is more visceral, and it's the memory of harm at the hands of other men. So one thing that often gets missed or not talked enough about when it comes to male violence is how pretty much all men are the recipients of male violence. We grow up in a culture that encourages roughhousing, it encourages horsing around, it encourages violent play. It also normalizes men hurting each other as a part of boys just being boys. And we also grow up in a militarized society in which men are weaponized and often expected to behave in certain violent ways. And so the combination of these factors means that by the time most men reach adulthood, they've probably experienced a lot of violence at the hands of other men, either fighting with boys on the playground, getting roughhoused or beaten up by their older brothers, or even older male family members, cousins, uncles, maybe even their dad. A lot of boys and men are also encouraged to be aggressive as a result of their membership in sports teams, for example, or really any competitive pursuit. There's often this kind of rah-rah, this rhetoric, this approach to try to get men's competitive natures stirred up, and this often engenders violent ways of being with each other. So I would posit that all men grow up with some degree of visceral memory of violence at the hands of other men. And so it's unsurprising that part of us would flinch when another man reaches out. And again, oftentimes this is really unconscious. We're not thinking about it, but it's something that our bodies remember. 
As Bessel van der Kolk says in his book with the same name, the body keeps the score. So even if the memory has forgotten, the body has not forgotten. So this is an autonomic response and it can be very hard to overcome for a lot of men. Being close to other men can actually bring up a fear response. It can bring up a self-preservation response. So that's an important thing to tune into. Something I want to point out as well is that a lot of the affection that you do currently see between men is kind of couched in a gentle violence. So a lot of men will try to lessen or diminish to some extent the amount of their affection towards other men by, for example, maybe they'll give a man a hug, but they'll give him some strong slaps on the back. And the indication is, I like you, buddy, but don't get any ideas. It's this machismo thing. A lot of men will engage in play fighting or kind of horsing around as a way of showing affection or something you see commonly on sports teams. Men will kind of spank each other. It's like a cheeky little thing that they'll do. And it's affectionate, sure, but it's couched in this kind of gentle violence. And the implication is we can't be more affectionate than this or we can't do this unironically. Like I couldn't actually just give a really nice, long, full, affectionate hug Oh, heaven forbid I actually rest my hand on another guy's butt instead of spanking him, because that would just be gay. Another reason a lot of men may shy away from being affectionate towards each other is that it can actually bring up some vulnerable feelings. One of the reasons a lot of men don't like to get too sentimental or too touchy-feely, so to speak, to get into their feelings is because, for, for a few reasons, one, they're aware that it might put them into a more vulnerable state, which is generally something a lot of men want to avoid at the baseline. They just categorically know that being vulnerable and being sensitive is often punished by other men and is often not safe and will often result in bullying, and so they'll avoid going there to begin with. But they also have a sense that if they do go there, if they open that door at all, they might be overwhelmed with a backlog of feelings. Maybe it's grief, maybe anger, maybe just confronting some difficult feelings they've been trying to ignore over the last day, week, month, decade. They have this sense that if they open that floodgate, they have no idea what might come through. And they might be afraid of what others think, and they might also just be afraid of what they might do in that state. It can be a very volatile and uncertain state for a man to be in, especially if he's spent most of his life avoiding that. So there's this challenge in general with feeling feelings and, and being sensitive and navigating the kind of situations which tenderness and affection can bring out. And a final thing I want to talk about as far as why men avoid doing it is simply that there's a lack of role modeling. A lot of men wouldn't even really be sure how to do it if they wanted to because they don't see that many healthy examples of men being affectionate towards each other day to day. And so their minds might go instantly to the whole homo thing. Oh, well, that just sounds gay, so I'm not going to do that, because that might be the only modeling that they've seen around men being affectionate. So when your only material association with male affection is gayness, it's understandable why in a homophobic culture you wouldn't even want to go there, and you wouldn't understand how to go there without being gay. This is especially true if we've grown up with fathers who are distant, fathers who themselves aren't very affectionate, fathers who haven't been very affectionate with us. If we didn't get that role modeling from our parents early on, it's going to be hard for us to embrace it metaphorically and literally in our adulthoods. So parenting has a lot to do with this.
So I want to take a moment to touch upon why is this important? I think for some men listening to this, a very real question that might come to them is, why do I care? I am this way. I've always been this way. I'm fine. I don't really see any need to be closer or more affectionate with the man in my life. I get affection from my wife or my female partner, and I'm good to go. No big deal. So that's a relevant question to ask. And my answer would be, first of all, I think a lot of men don't know what they're missing out on. When I consider the broader question of why is intimacy important, it starts to make more sense why this is so important. Why is it that we crave intimacy in the first place? And I think the distinction between sexuality and intimacy is important to cover here because a lot of men relate to the desire for sex. That's a very clear and motivating experience that most men want to have regularly. But I think some men miss that encapsulated in their desire for sex is also a desire for intimacy. Now, intimacy can be a very sexual thing, and it can be very much not a sexual thing. So as an example, a relationship with a therapist can be very emotionally intimate while not being at all romantically or sexually intimate. Similarly, most reasonable people can see a very clear distinction between the healthy intimacy that parents have with their children versus an unhealthy sexual intimacy that parents may have or want to have with children. So while intimacy is often very active in a romantic and a sexual space, it's much broader than that. And the human need for intimacy goes way beyond the romantic and the sexual realm. And you can look up studies on this if you want to, but in my mind, the evidence of this is so obvious as to not even require that. Regardless, the studies will show you, if you look them up, that intimacy correlates with well-being, whether it's mental health, physical health, longevity, social connection, kids getting along with other kids, pretty much whatever metric you might choose for wellness, it correlates with healthy intimacy. Intimacy is simply a human need. Human babies will die very quickly without touch and intimacy. This has unfortunately been studied and it's very tragic. Babies can be given all of their material needs to survive, but if they're not receiving affection, they will die. And it sounds a bit dramatic, but I believe the same is true of humans at any stage of their life. A person who is receiving no affection will, on some level, start to die. Their life force will be diminished, and they'll start to manifest signs of unwellness, whether it's mental health issues, physical health issues, antisocial behavior, violent behavior. Any person who goes long enough without receiving affection, without receiving kindness, without receiving good regard from other people, without being touched, that person will suffer as a result. And so if you're a man who's only receiving any kind of consistent affection or intimacy from your female partner, that's really not enough to form a healthy basis. It's not enough to satisfy the basic human need for intimacy. And when men do rely pretty much solely on their women partners for this kind of affection and intimacy, it also puts a big strain on that relationship. If you're expecting one person in your life to meet all of your needs in that area, an area which is so important, so constant, so wide, it sets up an unrealistic expectation. And quite frankly, you're just cheating yourself out of a richer, deeper experience of your life. So if you're avoiding having intimate and affectionate connections with other men, you're cutting yourself off from a massive potential source of wellness and enjoyment in your life. 
And I want to make sure that I've made clear how this connects back to a lot of the ills of society. So it is my belief that, for example, if our boys had more consistent affection, if they felt more comfortable around other boys, if they were receiving more affection from their fathers and from their parents in general, and if they were feeling safer in their bodies as a result of that, we would see much less mass school shootings, for example. I believe we would see a decrease in domestic abuse. I believe we would see a decrease in violent crime in general. I think there is more of a causal link between these things than may be readily apparent at first. Now, this is me getting into my opinions and my intuitions, so I haven't studied the numbers on this, but I do believe that there is a strong link there. If you've been enjoying the Gentleman podcast, I'd like to ask you for your help. Growing a community and an online presence takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of participation from listeners such as yourself to really help things take off. So if you value this show and it has been meaningful in your life, I would really appreciate it if you could help me out by doing one of the following. Leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. That's a huge help as it helps the podcast rise in rankings and it also helps other people discover the podcast. Recommending it via word of mouth to your friends and family is another massive way that you can help this podcast grow following on social media and liking the content and maybe leaving a comment is another great way to support gentleman podcast is our instagram handle you can also find us on youtube at gentleman podcast three words watching and liking the videos on youtube is another great way that you can help the algorithm to know that this is valuable content i really appreciate your help and your support it's one of the things that will help me to keep making this content and to keep making it better as well thank you so now let's get into what do we do about it. If you're a man listening to this and you'd like to accept my invitation to take the courageous journey towards being more affectionate with the other men in your life, where do we start? My first recommendation would just be to start small. Start looking for opportunities to just make a little bit more physical contact with other men. High fives are an easy one. Most people don't view those as being touchy-feely. You can try the practice of just touching someone's upper arm or maybe their shoulder, just maybe even once when you see them, when you're talking to them. Maybe you're making a point, maybe you're sharing a joke. Just reach out and touch them on the upper arm. It's a very normal thing to do. A lot of us probably know at least one man who likes hugging, and so I would just look out for more opportunities to hug other men. And if there are men that we already hug, maybe experiment with just hugging them a little bit longer. Or maybe let them initiate breaking away from the hug instead of you. So just to be clear, we're not trying to violate anyone's boundaries here, but more we're just looking for opportunities to just get a little bit more touch in there and to prolong the touch that we have just a little bit. Now, this can help us to start on a very basic level, building more affectionate relationships with other men, but it can also just help us to relax in ourselves a little bit and to start kind of feeling our own edge. So that's another tip that I want to get into is just noticing where your edge is. And there are two parts to this. One of them is desire and one of them is boundaries. And so oftentimes what happens is we have a desire but then we also have a boundary that prevents us from following up on that desire or doing something about it. 
And in a lot of cases, these boundaries are important. They're what prevent us from, say, wanting to punch someone in the face when we have the desire to do that, or wanting to make a sexual advance on someone who doesn't want us to, is not interested. So I'm not saying these boundaries are bad. Oftentimes they're in place for good reason. But I want you to start to notice where does your desire come up against your boundary? I think a lot of men haven't even given themselves the room to experience their desire to connect affectionately with other men. So if you're not really resonating with the premise of this show so far, if you're if you're a man who's feeling like, ah, oh, this doesn't apply to me, I'm not interested, I don't need that, I just want to encourage you to take a step back and think about your life a little bit. Are there any men that you would actually like to have a more affectionate connection with? For a lot of us, it's our fathers. A lot of us would love to just get a little bit more affection from our fathers. We'd like to get a little bit more approval. We'd like to be seen and recognized and celebrated by our fathers. Other male relatives as well, that's often a place. Maybe you have a brother. And you know, even though your relationship might be a little bit challenging the way a lot of sibling relationships can be, perhaps you'd like to have a little bit more intimacy or affection in that relationship. Maybe you'd like to feel closer, feel more comfortable around each other, feel more comfortable expressing love. So oftentimes it starts in our families, the desire that we have. Maybe we even have kids, right? Maybe we have sons and we feel like maybe there's a gap there that we don't know how to cross. Like, oh, you know, maybe I raised my kid in such a way that created kind of a boundary or a barrier between us. And now I, I have a desire to re-engage. I have a desire to open that up again, but I don't know how. So the first step is really noticing the desire. And my encouragement with you would be to just sit with it. Just notice it. How does it feel in your body? What do you imagine wanting to do? What conversations would you like to have? What touch or physical interaction would you like to have? What would feel good? What would feel good in your body? Noticing that is a great place to start. And from there, we can start to look at boundaries. So respecting other people's boundaries is very important, and that's a good place to start when doing this kind of work. That's as true when it concerns intimacy with other men as when it concerns, say, men approaching women in a romantic way. Noticing and respecting the boundaries is really critical. But what I also want for you to notice, you know, I framed that in terms of other people's boundaries, which is important, but we also want to notice where our desire comes up against our own boundaries and why are those boundaries there. So oftentimes we want things that we deny ourselves for a number of reasons. Maybe we've just been conditioned to think that we can't have them, or maybe we've been conditioned to think think, like I've been talking about this whole episode, that it's unsafe. That's often a boundary that we have. It's a feeling of self-preservation. Maybe it's just uncomfortable and we don't like to be uncomfortable. Whenever you're trying something new or you're trying to stretch yourself in a new direction, it can be very uncomfortable. And especially anything that falls into the category of touchy-feely is especially sensitive. And it's especially sensitive for men. That's kind of the whole point. The whole point of intimacy is that it's vulnerable. It's something that you do with people you trust. And so there's this base level of survival question when we're engaging in this activity. Am I safe? Is this going to go over well? And what we're trying to do here is to work through some of the boundaries that we've set up for ourselves, which are limiting us from doing what we want to do, which are limiting us from living the lives that we want to live. 
And so I often recommend for people starting out to pick actions that are just one step further than what you've been doing before. Just one increment harder or more confronting or more challenging to your sense of normalcy than what you're used to. And so I would recommend sharing a hug with a man that you hold in regard. Just hang on just a second longer than you're used to, second longer than you're comfortable with, and just let that man break away and that's fine don't want to hold the hug longer than that. Maybe it's just making a conscious effort to touch a friend of yours on the shoulder when you maybe wouldn't have in the past. Maybe if you're playing video games together, you just do more high fives or you have more like physical celebrations of your wins, right? You can also do this verbally. So an example would be just complimenting a man in your life. Hey, you did that really well. Or you're looking sharp today. Or nice job on XYZ. Or just saying something like, damn, that lady was into you. Just stuff like that, right? Building up the people in your life making people feel good, showing that you care about them. And what you'll find is that regardless of how explicitly affectionate you're being, if you're the kind of person who's constantly looking for opportunities to build up the people in your life, to make them feel good about themselves, to make them feel like they have status and like people are noticing them, the more well-regarded you will be, the more people will respect you, the more people will want to have you around. And eventually, the more kindness and affection they'll direct towards you as well. So this is definitely one of those places where you get what you want by giving it. So look for opportunities to bring more verbal affection into your life as well. When you're talking with your relatives, tell them you love them. That can be a big edge. That was actually a big edge in my family. Growing up, we didn't really say that to each other. And it's something that my siblings and I have had to reclaim for ourselves. And it took a while for us to normalize that among each other because it was vulnerable. We weren't used to doing it. But now my whole family does it and it's very common and it feels really natural and it feels really good. So that's a really simple example of more love and affection that you can bring into your family. And it's also kind of a culturally safe thing to do. You know, if you tell someone in your family you love them, what are they going to do? Are they going to be like, oh, that's gay? Or why are you saying that to me? Or shut up, you're an idiot, whatever. If that's how someone responds to you, they're the asshole. You're not the asshole in that situation. I'm not saying it won't be vulnerable, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the right thing to do in some families, it may not be, but that's certainly a good place to start. And while it might be uncomfortable to tell your dad that you love him, I would argue that most of the time, that's a healthy discomfort to introduce into your relationship. That's a discomfort that has a potential to grow both of you substantially. So my encouragement is to lean into the vulnerability of this practice. And I think what you'll find over time is that your relationships will deepen. The number of close friends you have will grow. You'll have more fun with your friends. You'll feel more strengthened and more enriched by the relationships in your life in general. And some unexpected and wonderful things might start happening for you. Never limit your imagination of the wonderful things that might happen in your life. So thank you for listening to another episode of Gentleman, and I wish you all the love and affection that you can muster and welcome into your life. Catch you next time.